0: Welcome to Reframe the Podcast, helping you reframe your thought patterns, habits and mindsets to create the life that you want to lead. Today I'm having a very honest and frank conversation on the subject of alcohol with founder of Sober Sisters, Jules Rutherford. Now Jules had a love for hate relationship with alcohol for 40 years and it was on giving up alcohol and discovering for herself the life transformation that can come, spiritually, physically and mentally, that she now supports other women who are on the same quest. So Sober Sisters was founded not for women who are alcoholics, but for women who don't want alcohol to play such a central part in their lives. It is a really interesting conversation, there are no holds barred, so yeah, without further ado, here we go. Hi Jules, and welcome to Reframe Club, thank you so much for joining us today, um, and I guess the best way to start is to um, ask you to tell us a little bit more about um, who you are, and what it is that you do.
1: Okay, thank you for asking me to come along and do this. Um I I tend to be quite kind of private. So putting myself out in the world is um, another sobriety step, but um, my name is Jules Rutherford. My business is Sober Sisters. I got sober three and a half years ago now. Um, I was never an alcoholic. I was just somebody that drank too much and used it as a kind of daily life prop, if you like, and crutch. And I started a Facebook group to find women like me to talk to because I felt some of the other groups on Facebook weren't really my thing and three and then what I realized quite quickly because of my background and my training and various things I realized I was starting to help women and I was kind of making suggestions and they were coming back and saying oh that's great I've done it and it's fantastic so over the last three and a half years I've kind of developed programs for women, and um, the groups now over five thousand and going strong. You know, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and I suppose one of the one of the big things for me about being sober is I've actually stopped selling now. After because I've been trying to market and sell to my audience for a long time now, and it never felt right. And I've moved to a kind of you can have what I have for free and with love. And then if you want to make a donation to it, well, that's absolutely fine. But if you don't, I'd rather you just got sober, you know? So that's essentially what I do.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's such, that's such an amazing testimony, I think, to not only you as a person, but also I think when you have, when you come to a role that's serving others, that you want to give back, time and time again, in my own world, self other coaches people I meet it comes from that lived experience doesn't it that lived experience of knowing what's then really being able to empathize with the people that you're supporting but knowing so well what the what is the other side of that that all you want is to help get that
1: person there yeah yeah and I think with me I I I think one of the things that happened to me recently, because obviously we live in a very, you know this with the whole kind of diet culture is that we live in such a heavily marketed life, you know, where we're constantly being sold to on a regular basis. And I received an email recently that said, you know, um, going live in 15 minutes to uh, come and find out how to charge your worth. And I think it was that that made me realise, well, in reality, I don't really value my worth by how much money I have in the bank. Um, my value is in who I am and in how I help. And, and I think, um, and certainly by who I love and who loves me, but the whole sort of um, running a business and that type of thing, for me, if I have to go and get a job... <laughs> in order to continue to do this this is what I want to do for the rest of my life because there is nothing more utterly life-affirming and empowering than watching a woman say her last goodbye from the group because she's now gone and changed her life and you know has realized what her worth is and how you know sobriety unlocks so much potential in you and you can just kind of go, right, I'm away. That's you know, I'm off now.
0: I mean I remember once when you and I first met, um, and you invited me to come in and chat to some of the sober sisters. Remember you saying that I'm a bit of a unicorn and I always remember that. You said Rose, you're a bit of a unicorn because I know that I can I have a very take it or leave it relationship with alcohol. So I can not drink. I can have one drink. I can go out and have a couple of drinks. I can stop there and then think about it again for another yeah. week. Um, but I also know from my experience with my clients that a relationship with alcohol can actually be very complex. And it's something that can be really tied up with restriction, dieting, or body image. All of it's kind of um, not eating to support our physiological well-being so we end up getting blood sugar pressures and we end up drinking wine because your body wants it quickly it's all so highly interrelated and um, I guess in your experience what would you say is the point in time when perhaps we need to look at our relationship with alcohol through a different kind of lens because it's also so normalized in society isn't it yes,
1: yes. it's almost like I mean the number of women who come into the group and say I've just told Friends that I'm not drinking anymore, and they've been, you know, rude or laughed or made a bet that she'll never do it, and you know, and all this kind of thing. Alcohol, I think, can can be the first step to just getting everything else sorted, because mm. obviously, the minute you stop drinking, most women go on the sugar binge because. If you're drinking wine, you're having a lot of sugar, that takes a bit of time. But it's much easier to make all the right decisions for your health once you have the clear mind that comes with being sober. Of course, it depends on why you're drinking. Um, if you're drinking to deal with kind of difficulties with past trauma and all of that, it can be a bit scary to stop drinking. But support is out there, and I think there's there's so much better stuff on the other side mm. of staying sober. And in reality, I mean, sober sisters is not for alcoholics. It's just for women who drink too much. So the detox period for most women is manageable, and you know it's it's relatively easy to get beyond. Um and once you've done that, for me the exciting bit is, okay, now you're sober, what else? You know. And it's then that getting to grips with things like, you know, exercise and, and how you eat um becomes much easier because you're not doing this constant negotiation with yourself.
0: Yeah, I I and I think there's another point there that alcohol also is um It does several things, and and, and I'm going to come at this from the point of view that obviously not everybody, uh, you know, some people can develop a very healthy, mindful relationship with X. Mm -hmm. But for others, as you're saying, perhaps those who come to your group who aren't alcoholics, but have in the same way we can perhaps rely on food or when food becomes our only way of managing our emotions, Alcohol can become a way that we manage our emotions, and perhaps it's when the, 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 we're tipping a little bit too much towards one direction, it's yeah. rather than the the kind of somewhere in the middle. And for and for some women, there will never be that unicorn. They can't be that, that mindful relationship without no. can't manifest. Can it? So it's, yeah. I mean, it
1: is. I, I think that I've never been against alcohol. I don't see it as the enemy as such. Yeah. My hope for women is that when they get sober, then they they kind of give themselves um, a choice of two paths. Basically, the first path can be, um, I'm going to get sober so that I can see what life is like. Yeah. Get control with it, you know, get it under control and then make some choices about how I want alcohol to be in my life. Be that in a moderate way um and that kind of thing that does have its problems I'll come back to that in a second but the other choice the other path is to and I think this is the hard one this is the the one that a lot of people don't think about is making the choice to be sober for the rest of your life and that is the one that a lot of women come into the group and they will they'll say, All Right, I'm gonna do 30 days and I'm gonna get sober and it's gonna be great. And and then after a few months, which is what tends to happen, is if you don't make that decision to whatever that decision is, which either side, you generally find that somewhere between three and six months of sobriety, there's often a right, I've got this, I can I can moderate now, but they can't because they've not made the decision as to which path that they've decided to be on. Mm. And often moderation can sometimes, if you try it too soon, can often what often follows is a bigger drinking cycle than you were before you stopped. That's quite mm.
0: I can understand that and I can sort of reflect it back to the work I do in that um with intuitive eating people can Say, so, "Yep, yeah, I've got it. I'm intuitive eating. Um, I'm in tune with my body. I know my hunger and fullness, etc., etc." But actually, they haven't rejected the underlying diet mentality. So the minute there's a stressor in life, their thought process go back to, "It's your fault. You're too, Your body's not right. If I just lose half a stone, I will feel better, and then everything will fall into place. So I'll just do that, and then they, they, they haven't actually." Done the, the full work underneath, and then they fall back into the restrict binge.
1: Yeah. let we see this. Yeah, one. I mean, to be honest, I'm probably a good example of that because when I gave up drinking, um, to me, initially, it just felt like I'd taken my brain out and give it a wash and popped it back in. It just felt all kind of like sparkly and happy and brilliant. And I just thought it was the best thing ever. And I had some stuff in my past that I found that drinking kind of stopped me from having to deal with it um and then it just became food and which is how you and I kind of met up because I really don't I'm educated enough to know that a diet in the magic pill sense doesn't work because you need to change your lifestyle and have like alcohol is not the enemy neither is food in any form and So it took me quite a long time to get to grips with the food thing. And of course, I've got the added kind of um, (laughs) thing that I hate cooking. So, and I live alone. So I've always got this, oh God, you know, thing about food. So it's taken me quite a long time to get to grips with that. And, you know, having that time with you, you know, last year was brilliant in kind of Resetting my mind. It took me a little while longer to to, because I wanted to be vegan, so it's taken me a while to get to that point. But believe it or not, I'm now doing slumber of all things, you know, and I bought an exercise bike and you know that kind of thing. So I know that I'm now at that kind of the other side of that, and I'm I'm heading towards a kind of life that feels good. That you know, I mean, I certainly wouldn't consider alcohol at all to deal with stress you know yeah. um food yeah absolutely i would say over the last three years it's still been a bit of a thing um and i think that's the, the message i'm always trying to tell sober sisters getting sober doesn't make you perfect it doesn't solve all of your problems but it does give you a great platform to be able to you know and it takes so i mean i think one of the big things as well is like you do gain a natural sort of, I want to call it like a natural sort of strong feminine confidence when you get sober. It's so lovely, you know, to be happily female. I mean, I certainly, when I got sober, lost that whole kind of terrible, like negative self-talk about my body image. That went, it was just, it's taken me a bit longer to go, right, okay now jewels that's amazing though that's amazing that it and,
0: and and I think it's important to make a point that you know um alcohol we kind of underestimate we everyone goes oh no we know you know having you know too much alcohol isn't good for us but I think it's sometimes important to understand you know I obviously talk about in my world there's um food is you know there's a part for all foods and there's a balance etc cetera, etc cetera. but then we also there are specific things we know that in excess aren't good for us and smoking and alcohol are yeah those things but you yeah. know, can't get away from that yeah. and you know the reality is that our emotional well-being and our physical well-being are so highly interrelated and alcohol does several things i mean alcohol one of the first things it does is it puts your gatekeeper to sleep. It stops your decision maker being on the ball, you know, yeah, often yeah. snoozes, has her at the gate or she snoozes at the gate. And we tend to, you know, then find ourselves perhaps um, backlash eating or eating a lot of food that we wouldn't necessarily normally make that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and not least also because alcohol is glucose, it's a free sugar. It, it wreaks havoc with our blood sugar. so our blood sugar will spike and then it will go down and obviously when it crashes we'll then crave those more sugar dense foods yeah um but i think one of the most two of the most interesting things about alcohol which people um aren't always aware of is that it's such a massive sleep disruptor so it sedates you so when you're anxious or stressed having that drink that instant relaxation that i'm going to fall asleep it helps me go to sleep my mind's not wearing that instant sedation is only short-lived, and then you're up in light sleep for the rest of the night, so you're mm-hmm. never getting the deep sleep. So in the mornings you're waking up, you're tired, you're exhausted. It's harder to regulate your emotions, and then when it's yeah. harder to regulate our emotions throughout the day, and our blood sugar goes out of whack, and then we're comfort eating, and the cycle continues. Yeah. And then I think the other point to make around it is around how it inhibits things like B vitamins. And why Mm. we vitamins, they're our energy, because they're part of our nervous systems, how we deal with anxiety, our red blood cells, but in particular B six and B six is plays a role in serotonin.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: So without B six, we don't or enough B six, we won't be producing enough serotonin. And of course, serotonin is our happy hormone. Yes. And then we're more likely to feel low. And -hmm. then we're low,
1: we reach for the white to. Yeah. Habitual things that we normally resort to. A couple of things in there. The thing about sleep. This is a massive kind of talking topic in sober sisters because lots of women use alcohol to sedate themselves to go to sleep. And what they don't, you know, and most women don't realize that it does keep you. You don't get proper sleep. The the really challenging part about giving up alcohol is that the health benefits um, you know, manifest. I mean, there are plenty of them. It's all over your body. I remember watching a documentary um, where a doctor um, who was dealing with sort of alcohol addiction, excuse me, he actually said, he said, there is not one part of the body that isn't negatively affected by alcohol, which is just staggering really when you think about it. And that the minute that you stop, every single part of your body will begin to heal and improve. Um, but one of the things about when you give up is that sleep, for all the other things that improve relatively quickly, sleep is actually the one of the last things that actually becomes normal again. So there's a lot of frustration in those early days because there are, you know, because you haven't got that immediate sedation you've you've got that can't get to sleep sort of um element of the night and my advice is just get out of bed get out of bed make a cup of tea have some toast watch some rubbish on tv just distract yourself for a little while because and just go back to bed when you know you're tired or put a pillow on the sofa and you know sleep when you feel like it because the whole thing about fighting yourself because that's all you're doing when you're lying in bed isn't it I still have bouts of insomnia but I'm post-menopausal and I think that just comes with that and I think when you if you can just it's this whole thing about just being nice to yourself a bit more often you know it's like if you can't sleep do something nice you know have a cup of tea.
0: Yeah, we yeah. tend to, and that's the thing. We tend to turn it straight into a stick with which to beat ourselves. Yeah, Oh, I'm failing. See, this is another thing you can't do. You can't go to sleep. And as you say, if you can reframe that, I what I did there. Yeah. If you can reframe that, you can <laughs> um, be so. As you say, you can turn those moments. And actually, getting out of bed is one of the best things you can do. Mm-hmm. Body then goes. Whoa, hold on a minute. We're not meant to be up, and gives you a nice little dose of melatonin. And help you fall asleep yeah. again. um But yeah, I think that's. I think that's something we. I think especially as women, mm. we tend to do a lot. We send. We tend to see. Every, turn every obstacle or barrier into something with which to give ourselves a hard time about.
1: Because oh, yeah. we're really good at that, aren't we? Right. We're really good at kind of, you know, like. I often say it's like, oh, look, there's a stick to beat myself with. I tell you what, I'm just going to stick a nail in the end just to make sure that I do the job properly. You know, this is... And I I suppose, I I think this has probably been the biggest revelation for me in getting sober. That's why I'm so passionate about what I do, is I was that woman I want, you know, give me one meal, give me half a dozen. You know, I mean, I want to do the job properly. And the reality of being sober has just made me, I am just the happiest I have ever been. You know, and even when I'm chowing down on, you know, sweets and crisps or whatever it is, you know, doesn't, it, even when I'm doing that, I'm doing it kind of completely mindfully that it's okay you know i'm not abusing myself with alcohol i'm not making myself mindless and i think that's the the real benefit in it is i am 100 percent mindfully conscious 100 percent of the time and that's, to me it's worth gold
0: that's a really powerful statement to have made because i think that's so true if we are um Perhaps too reliant on alcohol to manage our stress and all of those things. It does cloud your decision making, and when you can lift that fog away, and then you're making those choices as you say mindfully and using your knowledge to make that choice, rather yeah. than it being a physiological response to low blood sugar or exhaustion yeah. or all of the things that come the day yeah. after drinking a lot of alcohol. Then. Um, you can also be far more compassionate with yourself and you can take those times as learning opportunities. And you can actually say, actually, do you know, I know the reason why I ended up eating a family size bag of Maltesers. It's because I skipped lunch or, you know, I didn't eat enough for breakfast and then I didn't have a snack and I only had a tiny lunch. And by the time I got there, I was hungry. you can
1: join the dots, can't you? And mine is comfort. You know, I live alone. I have occasional bouts of loneliness, but I see it for what it is. You know what I mean? That that is, I know, like, oh, it would be nice, you know, if one of my kids was here or something like that. But it literally doesn't last very long. And sometimes if I sell sooth with a bag of Maltese as well, it's okay. Because most of the time I don't do that. You know, most of the time I don't do that. Um, So that's, you know, a big progress for me, to be perfectly honest with you, because that's been, it's been a big problem. But I think the the other, the thing about alcohol is we don't actually realise, most women don't realise how much they're drinking. Mm. So they it's very easy to be on the, the wrong side of alcohol without actually realising how much you've you've actually taken in. And we most women drink for for two drinks. The first one is I know what's coming next. First one down is like, right, okay, I'm getting ready. The second one is that's what I was looking for. They don't realise that everything after that is just a waste of time and the slippery slope down. You know, and that's where the arguments come from and the texting people at three o'clock in the morning saying things that you never, ever would say if you were sober, you know, and then then follows the shame and the guilt.
0: And the anxiety, and alcohol anxiety.
1: anxiety. And and of course, alcohol causes anxiety as well. And so many men report, you know, like being on... And I I make no medical claims about sober sisters, but lots of them saying they either reduce or get rid of anxiety medication, you know, anti-anxiety medication, that their anxiety those that even don't take it say that, you know, they their anxieties have pretty much disappeared. You know, because most of them the the I think the worst thing about alcohol, it kind of makes you it adds to if you've got any feelings of like a lack of self-esteem or a lack of confidence, alcohol's almost like the thing that makes it a hundred times worse.
0: Yeah. It's like throwing a match in, isn't it? Yes, Into you a know, tank. It's like giving it
1: more. It, yeah. it, and it just, you No, know, and I see so many amazingly brilliant women who've got mad, huge amounts of talent that's untapped and, you know, just, just shining women. Once they realise what alcohol is doing to them, you know, things like getting to grips with the diet and, you know, doing some regular exercise just becomes kind of easy for yeah. them. And and it's and again, it goes back to this thing that
0: there's this um there's obviously our emotional relationship and how we're feeling emotionally, but also physically, um, you know, the joining the dots is the alcohol dehydrates us. So when it dehydrates us, it slows how blood moves around our body, yeah. which means that when we ex one, it's harder to exercise because it's harder to get the oxygen around your body because your blood's, you know, stickier for want of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you'll get your temperature will go up. So you'll be hot and sweaty. it will be, and it won't be an enjoyable experience. Yeah. If you're in a dehydrated state. So, yeah. you know, it's, I don't think we always realise, and I know when I spoke to you before, I said, you know, alcohol's a bit like dropping a pebble into a pond. We don't understand how far reaching the ripples are throughout the body. All we think in that moment is I feel better
1: for that short window
0: of time. So how does someone, so this is quite, and I, you know, probably people listening to this would like to poke me in the eye, but as someone who has an, I don't, I've never had, I've never really, I don't, don't, yeah, like drinking, meh, I can take it, I can leave it. But for someone who can't, and I, you know, I have a very dear friend who um, would say that she had a complicated relationship with alcohol. She's not an alcoholic, but she is emotionally lent into it as a way of um, self-medicating, for want of a better word, around anxiety. And she is currently on her own sobriety journey. And in that time, as you say, her fog is lifted. She feels in control. She's made some amazing choices about her future and her career. It's been amazing to see. But she's had to come to that in her own time. Yes. You know, from an outside perspective, how does someone bring awareness to where that line is? Because you said, you know, quite often, we're not always aware how much we're drinking or where is the awareness that actually alcohol has gone from being something that's part of a broader, wider, you know, of Sunday lunch kind of relationship to having a more negative impact in our lives. How can someone bring awareness to that?
1: Bringing awareness to it actually is, is things like if you are looking, you know, for sobriety groups, um, things like that. Sorry, I think my chair's dropping. Um, but, um I think I can't bring somebody to that point. They they have to know. If I'm honest, I think most women, most people know exactly how much they're drinking and how much of a problem it is. I, I just think they're just not ready to have that conversation with themselves, which is one of the reasons why when some of Sober Sisters kind of give up, they'll often report difficulties with other people. And, you know, my response is always love and compassion, you know, because what you're doing is holding up a mirror to them. You know, when you're saying, I'm sober, this is amazing. I'm, you know, I'm doing this. You're basically reminding people that something that they already know, which is they're probably drinking too much. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's not some, and that's one of the reasons why we have this, sort of society culture kind of thing about you know um if you if you give up drinking, then you must be boring and blah 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 nonsense oh, yeah you know? I actually think it, this is uh, this is my little kind of mantra about other people is in the same way that if somebody came to you and said they were watching what they were eating, you know and they were being mindful about it, you wouldn't offer them a big fat cream cake and you wouldn't offer somebody a cigarette who's given up smoking. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't pressure them and in the way we do a lot of the time with alcohol. Like, go on, go on, you know. For me, being sober is about being out and proud about it. I am delighted that I am sober. I will never drink alcohol again because I just think it's the best thing ever is the best thing I've ever done for myself and I personally believe that one day not drinking will be just as common as not smoking is now and it'll be seen in the same way um and you know I quite like being at the leading edge of changing the world it's you know even if it's one sober sister at a time you know what I mean it's absolutely fine um and I and I think that's the conversation where I'm coming from that I would like to change. I would like to change the dialogue around the fact that actually since I've stopped drinking, and I say I don't say this with arrogance, I've become way more interested <laughs> since I stopped drinking than I ever was when you know, uh when I was drinking. So it's just, you know. It's room. We make
0: room, we make Energy, mental energy, and physical energy to go and do the other stuff to yeah. live a different, fuller
1: life. Yeah, way. yeah. And I, I think the other side of that as well is this is something that took me a little while to notice in in the group is that I forget sometimes. I forgot in the early days that you know, as women, we have a natural intuition. Mm. We have. You know, we have gifts of nurture and care and, you know, and it's natural for us to be a certain way. And I don't mean that in a barefoot in the kitchen way. You know, I mean, in a a truly feminine, you know, kind of female way, alcohol takes away so much good stuff from us. You know, we have amazing intuition. And it's not it's it's almost impossible to be intuitive if if you've got a thick head every day yeah you know it its it's almost impossible and like your friend who's started to make amazing decisions, I can pretty much guarantee those have come from it, 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 her intuition and her inner guidance, yeah. you know like this is right for me, tuning into who you really are, you know and I, one thing I would say is. You know, if you really want to not even question your relationship with alcohol, just question, like, everything that you're doing is to look at your life and say, is this the life I came here to live? Is this what I'm doing now, how I want to continue living? I know we're in very difficult circumstances at the minute, but... I was thinking about this the other day about COVID and you know us coming out of it from the pandemic point of view. When things improve, kind of not quite sure about when that might be. But at the moment, I know there are lots of women who are drinking more than they've ever done. Yeah,
0: Um, definitely. Lots of my peer friends have said, "Oh, I'm drinking far more during
1: lockdown." Yeah, and and my question would be, how do you want to come out of this? Do you want to come out of it, like realizing that you've really got a really bad alcohol problem, or do you want to stop now and the next time you see all of your friends, they all go, "My God, you look amazing because it 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 transforms you know it transforms They're really powerful questions
0: they're really powerful questions is this the, are you is this the life that you showed up to lead? I think that's yeah, yeah it's, it's true what, who, 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 who and what? Are we allowing? What external voices are you allowing to shape the, vo- the journey that you're on? Be that alcohol, or diet talk, or social media, or whatever. Actually, who are you um handing control over to?
1: Yeah, and there's a there's a couple of things in there. The first one, do this so I don't forget. The first one is, it's like you're never going to get to your deathbed wishing you'd drank more alcohol or done more spent more time in the office. It's just not it's not how we see our lives progressing. The other side of that is I know that some women drink alcohol because they are in relationships that they're not ready to do something about. And you know I get a lot of questions about that side of things and my answer is always focus on yourself. Get sober. Don't worry about Everything else as much as possible, stay sober, get sober till you feel strong enough to deal with whatever's in front of you. Because I've seen every possible outcome, you know, every permutation of outcomes from getting sober. I've seen couples who were split up who've got back together because they've realized that alcohol is the only thing that's causing the problem. I've seen couples split up, you know, because it's the right thing to do because actually for some drinking together is the thing that's holding them together. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for
2: others it's, it's actually being able to
1: connect on a much deeper, better, more kind of loving level that actually takes their relationship off to new heights you mm-hmm. know so any possibility is 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 out there but i would say if 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 it's on your mind and that's one of the reasons why you're drinking just focus on getting sober you know it's okay to take care of yourself for a little while
0: yeah and i think that's something um i was going to ask you about you know how do we support ourselves you know how do you position self-care and i think it is about those fundamentals as well, isn't it? When we say taking, putting yourself first for a while, we don't mean, you know, have you booked your afternoon tea and spa break. We mean prioritizing true Mm -hmm. priorities like eating well and, yeah, you know, working on reducing or eliminating your alcohol and moving and just the fundamentals of emotional and physical well-being because without those... Well,
1: we can't... Well, it's like the oxygen mask yeah. analogy, isn't it? You know, when you're in the aeroplane, you're told, you know, if the oxygen mask pops down, put your own on before you deal with the children. And that's, you know, I think that stands for anything. So what does self-care mean to you, George? Um, to build it since
0: you've been on your journey to sobriety? How has that shifted for you? What does that look like now?
1: Um, well, self-care for me is actually the big thing for me has been the negative self-talk and shifting that to a some somewhere else that doesn't exist that doesn't exist anymore and the and I do I have I over the years I mean I've been meditating for many years and I do gratitude every day and I have a list of my little list of daily habits for growth I'll, you know just my little things i have a vision board up there um i've got this is i love this this is my dream jar my dreams are in here and every day i take them out and read them and if i think of anything as you know as time goes on i'll add more to it and they're all lovely things you know there's there's no there's actually sorry there's no there's no money tag in here at all you know, it's just makes it sober sister sustainable. You know, that's, that's fine. I don't need a lot to live on. Um, and actually knowing, because I'm, I discovered when I got sober that I always used to think that I was an extrovert and alcohol kind of helped me kind of, you know, add it, just added to that. Truth is, I'm, I'm absolutely completely not an introvert. You know, lots of people drain me. You know, and I am not energized by lots of people. And knowing that I I, I can see it. It's like Friday, for example. I I was on calls and stuff from nine thirty in the morning till eight thirty at night, and literally all day on Saturday was just silence. You know, just and being in silence for me is a real kind of moment of joy you know i love that but that's easy for me because i live alone and you know I, i don't have anybody don't even have animals to you know make noises it's just just me and me um but self care for me is just actually putting what's and this is the the sort of mantra that i put in sober sisters all the time it's three letters to remember which is mlt which stands for most loving thing So if I'm having a bit of a struggle or I'm feeling a bit rubbish, what's the most loving thing that you can do for yourself in this moment? It can never be to drink alcohol or give myself a hard time, you know, call myself stupid names or anything like that. It's what's the nice thing that you can do. And sometimes the nicest thing I can do is put an episode of Star Trek on with a cup of tea and a biscuit. and, And that works for me.
0: Oh, I love that. Most loving thing. I think that yeah. that's, and that's so easy to remember, MLT. Yeah, uh, if anyone comes away with anything from today holding on to that, that can only yeah. possibly help them move forward in a positive yeah.
1: way. It's um, the most loving thing that you can do? Because in any, it works in any situation, mm-hmm. Yeah, you because, know? exactly. you know, we get so wrapped up in drama stories with each other and, you know, pulls of energy and, you Know having to be right, you know. I quite like being wrong these days, you know. I quite like sort of going like, Oh, yeah, I thought that was no, yeah, well, never mind, you know. Okay, nobody, you know, it's not the end of the world, you yeah. know. Um, grow, don't we? That's how we can yeah. grow when we're open to the journey. One more thing I would like to add about my self care because I did this a little while ago. I'm no artist, I'm peeling it off the wall. Sorry, um, I think everybody should do this, I really do. Um, I did this on something else and these are my achievements. So there's all... I mean, honestly, I'm no crafter, as you can tell. I just had a post-it pad and I just basically wrote them all down on there. But there are things on there, like I've travelled the world alone. You know, I've achieved a huge amount in the last year. I saved an organisation almost two million quid. You know, I've created Sober Sisters and these are all things that I've, Achieved for myself in the last three five years, and I that is on the wall in front of me. So if I ever have a moment where I'm like, "What's going on?" I just it's right in front of me, and I think, "Yeah, you can do things." When self doubt,
0: yeah, creeps in, and not least because I think I think it's a really powerful thing. I think having it visually front and center is is really powerful because we tend to put so much weight in the one tiny comment the one thing that you know the one mistake we made Mm -hmm. and that can sit within the context of a hundred amazing achievements but somehow neurologically we're programmed to focus on that and then we take ourselves down that rabbit hole of negativity having that front and center yeah that's a really powerful really powerful Grindr.
1: You know, I think from my point of view, I think as a, as a sort of overall overarching goal for Sober Sisters, I just want women to stop drinking so that they can all be like what they actually are, which is absolutely amazing, so we can take over the world. Because yes. <laughs> those lovely men in our lives have had their turn. Mm-hmm. It's our turn now, you know. I understand
0: that because I totally believe that diet culture and living under the male gaze—we've yeah. been conditioned to live under the male gaze—and that's the truth. The truth of it is we're all yeah. self-objectifying as women because we're taught that we have to make ourselves look attractive, yeah, men to look at. And yes. if we can reject diet culture, I reject the whole um, concept of trying to force our bodies to be, you know, you know, go from I always. I always Speaking to my friend the other day, and I said, Just think about the lifetime our mothers have lived through, how many decades they've been told their body needed to shift. Yeah. From being curvy in the 50s, by the time they got to the 60s, they had to look like Twiggy. How on earth would any woman be able to do that? Mm yeah, and by rejecting that as women, we it keeps us small, because we're hungry. Yeah, well, we're hungry, we're I mean, small, we haven't got the energy to do what we're meant to be doing. If we are well fed and nourished and taking care of our health and are strong, then we can go on and take on the world.
1: I think mostly everybody knows how strong and amazing and brilliant women are. And and I think if we, if we created a little bit of a revolution, you know. I think, I think yeah who knows you know
0: very true and um, if you were on a mountain then Jules or you could have a billboard my brother always uses the analogy of a billboard billboard next to the biggest motorway exit you can imagine it could say one thing what would your billboard say
1: uh, I, I laugh about that when I saw your sort of prequest. I, I was looking at that and thought this is quite funny because I often say if I was queen of the world you know <laughs> And it's basically just stop drinking. So much good follows from not drinking. So many good things. There is nothing bad about sobriety at all. you know. And don't be afraid of it. It's, you know, because everything that follows from in sobriety is all good. You know, you might have to learn to deal with some uncomfortable emotions because you've never had to deal with them before. But you can do them when you're sober, you know. It's, that's it. Just stop. It's just such a waste of your beautiful energy. Such a waste of who you are.
0: I love that. Let's all stop wasting our beautiful energy. Yeah. Wherever that energy supper may be coming from,
1: let's yeah. all stop wasting just our a, energy. You know, because literally the minute that you stop drinking, so many different things start to improve and fall into place, and life just becomes so much easier.
0: Yeah. You can believe that i really can and finally where can people find you where can they find out about
1: sober sisters your courses um, i've got um the probably the best place to be is in sober sisters closed group on facebook because that's where all the mad joy and fabulousness is um it's just to note that it's spelt kind of slightly differently so it's sober spelt normally and then it's s-i-s-t-a-s sisters um um, yeah so that's um i think i think if you search sober sisters i'll send me all the links i'll pop them in the show notes and then there's the website as well but just if anybody is you know coming back to what i said about i give my time and all the services and products that i've created freely and with love there is no obligation to make a contribution um it doesn't it matters not to me what matters to me is that if I'm helping somebody get sober that's that's the goal so there's course cool. there.
0: Jules can I just say that's your beautiful energy right there.
1: Yeah it is it is the best thing I've ever done. I love it. I love 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 it.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today Jules. I think listeners um, who will take huge value from today Um, i really do thank you for your time
1: and thank you for asking me it's so nice
0: thank you for tuning in and we hope you have taken something away from listening perhaps one small action you can put into practice today we would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode so pop on over to reframe club where you can share them your own reflections and experiences we would love to hear from you As always, here at Reframe Club, we are rooting for you.